Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's the other lore-focused writer over on Blizzard Watch. That would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hello, everyone. Happy Canada. How are you today? <laughs> that was very quiet. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, hi. It's Canada Day. Uh, <laughs> I was like, so- happy Canada Day, except you're being creepy, so I don't know if I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be creepy. I'm just a little tired. That's all. We. It's been kind of a. It's been. It's been a weekend. Let's just say that. All right. But uh, yeah, it's. It's cool. I've been playing a lot of Diablo and World of Warcraft at the same time, kind of. Not like not literally at the same time. I was like, gonna say simultaneously because that's a feat. <laughs> yeah, but no. The reason I've been doing it was because I didn't know this. There's an achievement you can get if you talk to Deckard Kane before he. Oh, it's a it's games that have for like five years. Yeah. Before you, if you talk to Decker Kane before he dies. Yeah. Uh, you have to talk to him a lot. Like yeah. you keep coming back and talking specifically to him. Yeah. And you can get an achievement for it. Okay. I didn't have it. Which one is it? I mean, it's it's called Stay a While and Listen. Oh, I have that one. Yeah. Most but that's because do. I obsessively talk to everyone in Diablo while I was playing it. Like every opportunity I would talk I, to people just in I case. I usually do, but I guess I didn't talk to Deckard. Like I, I guess I got to a point and thought he was done and never realized that you uh, can keep going back to him and getting more out of him. Yeah. What's really funny is he's standing there next to the stranger. Yeah. And as he's talking to the stranger, he's like, I fear Tyrael paid the ultimate price. We haven't heard from him. And meanwhile, the stranger's going, yeah, that Tyrael guy sounds cool. He sounds great. wonder who that is. Him. Yeah. It's it's actually, it's very funny. But he, so I was doing that, and then I was thinking to myself, I tried them. I have, I've been completely disinterested in Mage Towers this entire time. Yeah. But they're going away fairly soon. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, I just did my Mage Tower. So I'm like, I guess I'll peek my head in and try one. Because I did the quest leading up to them because the story stuff's cool. Yeah. I go in and I do like a mage tower and I get destroyed yeah. by this mage tower. So I'm like, yeah, I'm done. So instead I spent my time going through old Draenor quests to see if I missed any zones, like if there's any quests in any zones that I missed. It turned out, um, you know how Gorgrond has the two branching paths? Yeah. I never did one of them. Oh, uh, not which even of course, in beta? No, I never did it. Well, I may have done it in beta, but who remembers at this point? That's been a long time. But in terms of achievements and stuff, I didn't have them done. Oh. So I went on uh, – I don't have – like, I got rid of my Torn. Like, I, I race changed them to Lightforged because I'm, you know, feeling kind of depressed. Because about stuff. Lightforged Yeah, well, then that awesome. too. But <laughs> I got one of my Lightforged to max level, and then I was like, I'd like to have a couple more. So I do. But um, I, I need to – I need a Horde to get to max level on it for uh, – Right. For the for, – Zandalari druids. So I've been leveling a, a, a Tauren through uh, right now the Tauren. It just got to Gorgon, so I'm going to be doing that next. So okay. that's been me. We can um, move on now. <laughs> also with us, and, and quiet through all of this, thank you. <laughs> 
Is our Jeez, other lore? Is our other lore aficionado and shaman columnist in that would be Joe Perez? Hey, Joe. Hey, uh, how's it going, everybody? How's it going? What have you been up to? Uh, battling the Mage Tower, which oh, has been my been nemesis that... for the last two weeks. Did you beat it? Finally. So I, I, I encountered this weird, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, the only thing I could think is a, a bug. Because I, like, went through, like, log diving and everything else. Like, I would consistently get up to the last encounter, which is fine. And then there would be nothing happening. And all of a sudden, Jared would just die. And he would just go from 100 to 0 hit points. And I would go through logs, see what happened. Literally nothing happened to him. And this happened for, like, two weeks straight. Of I would get all the way to the end. He would just die right. And it was always within, like, the last, like, 2 or 1% of the boss. And so finally, I'm like, I'm like, I'm doing it like once a day. I'm not doing it like for the last three days. I'm like, once a day, that's it. No more, no less. Just that, that's all it's going to be. Um, and I don't know if they fixed something or did something, but I know there was an update that was pushed a few days ago. Um, and I finally managed to get through the re- through the encounter. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm watching the boss's health. It's like three percent. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna screw up anytime. Two percent. All right, here it comes. Here it comes. Wait, wait, he's not dead yet. One percent. Wait, Jared's still alive. Zero. I won. Wait, what? What, what just happened? <laughs> uh, and this was important to me because it's the one skin like I absolutely love the Resto Shaman skin. Um, it's just like this cool like geode rock ice thing. And it's just like it fits so well with the the shield and the scepter that it's like, yeah, I want to I want to wear this forever. So see, I poked my head in there just to check out the rogue one because I hadn't actually poked my head in there. So I poked my head in there and did a dry run. And the dry run, I got him down to like, I don't know, 60% or something. And then I died. But it was two mechanics because it's all like floor mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I was only like half paying attention. I wasn't really, really focused on stuff that was going on because I was listening to a podcast at the same time. <laughs> I need to not do that. <laughs> I need to just like focus on the mage tower if I'm gonna do the mage tower, and then I think I'll be okay. But yeah, it it just it, it was it was wow. They just decided to make you use every tool in your toolkit, huh? Go figure. So I didn't go back to it, but I will go back to it. Um, however, I did finish grinding out Ravenholt reputation. <laughs> That seems pretty good. Like, you know. I got the insane title. I got the insane title. I didn't realize it, but Ravenholt was the only reputation that I needed to ding that achievement. And I've been sitting here at three quarters of the way through Revered with Ravenholt because I just gave up on pickpocketing lockboxes back, I don't know. And I was only doing it kind of halvesies back in Mists of Pandaria. And then everything else happened and I got distracted. And then I was listening to these podcasts i'm like oh i'll go pickpocket lockboxes in lower black rock spire because that's easy to do while i'm listening to a show right it's like a mindless thing to be doing and as soon as i dinged exalted with the dudes the insane thing popped up i was like oh well that's a thing (laughs) i didn't realize it would do it i thought i still had some other stuff that i had to do but i did not so that's cool anyway hi guys welcome to lore watch (laughs) (laughs) We talk about World of Warcraft lore and other lore as well. But today we're kind of focused on World of Warcraft lore. Um, Last time we were out, we were talking about Before the Storm, Christy Golden's latest novel. I hope you guys all had a chance to read it. If you didn't, you should. It's real good. Um, But we didn't really get a chance to get into as many of the emails as I would have wanted to get into last time. So we brought a bunch of those over. And I also picked up some new ones that had popped in the inbox if you have any questions for lore watch you can send those to podcast at blizzardwatch.com just make sure that you put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show and it doesn't end up on the other one because we don't really go into lore deep dives on the other show guys anyway uh so we're gonna go ahead and get into those the first one the first one was it's kind of um let's see germ asked about it and then who else asked about it? Uthos asked about her. Uh, Kalithin asked about her. And I'm not going to read all of these emails because they're kind of asking around the same things. Um, they were all asking about Kalia. And we talked a little bit about Kalia in the last episode. But um, one of the things that people really seem to focus on was, is the presence of Kalia, does that mean that we're going to get Alliance Forsaken? And I don't 
necessarily want to talk about that too much because the the simple answer to that is we don't know. I mean, we don't work for Blizzard. We don't come up with the full game plan for these things. We can just kind of conjecture stuff, but we can't really conjecture a playable race based on a single character's introduction. Yeah, we could guess which ones are possible to add, but we can't yeah. tell you what they're going to do. Yeah, and um, since there's only one Kalia right now, don't really know what that signifies for anything going forward. But um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about Kalia and what she is exactly, like what she represents. And we did touch on that a little bit because we, we talked about how the Naru used Fowl and also Andwin to kind of bring her back. But she's not really a Forsaken, is she? No, I wouldn't say she was a Forsaken. I'd say she's undead, but the means of her undeath seems to be completely different. Is yeah, she I mean... undead or is she like light forged in well, a I don't different she... kind of way? See, I don't know because like there, there's a lot of shades of undeath. She was definitely dead before she was brought back to life or whatever it is she's in. So I don't necessarily think it's light foraging because from what no. we've seen f- f- from the light forge, they're all alive when they get foraged. So the the book is pretty specific on the fact that she is dead. Like yeah. her body is dead. It makes a lot of point that she she is now like the Forsaken. So that would that to my mind that says she's undead. We know that we can have undead that aren't forsaken. We have the Risen in the game right now. They're undead. They're not forsaken. Um, we have various old ghosts. We've got the ones that Blackrock hold the undead yep. there. They're also not forsaken. Uh, undeath well, is something also, that... I mean, you look at the Scourge in general. The majority of the Scourge is not forsaken. What makes a forsaken yeah. a forsaken is that they were mindless Scourge, and then they got their free will back. Yeah, Kalia never went through that phase. She was never mindless and then got her will back. Her body is not decaying, as far as we can tell. It's being held in like a, a light-based stasis. Um, so there is... It wasn't a resurrection, is the thing. Yeah, it was... Well, it, it, it wasn't a resurrection like the way Anduin resurrected Varian. When, Re- when Anduin resurrected Varian, Varian b- started breathing again. He, he brought was alive. him back he was to alive. life. Yeah. 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 This, is, Kalia, this is definitely a trend. I was going to say, this is definitely a transmogrification of some type. It's, it's Into not... Ashkandi! No, sorry. She's <laughs> <laughs> Ashkandi now! now. Um, but it, like, it, make, it, makes, it makes a little more sense, too, because Undeath is that weird gray area that, as players, even, we don't know a whole lot about. We know that it can be a thing. We know that there's magic that enables it, but we don't know everything that can be capable of it or everything that... You know, we don't know the shades of gray within the spectrum of undeath, right? We don't know all of it. She brings to mind Zeliact. Yeah. But we don't know... Because Zeliac... Zeliac was a for, scourge. Yeah, for people, stri- for people who don't know about Zeliac, um, he was one of the original four horsemen. Is he still there in the Nudax Ramos? Yeah. And as of eight, level 80, he's in that one, yeah. Okay. The only one yeah. they replaced was, uh, was Mograine. They okay. just replaced him with Rivendale. Yeah. yeah, the Zeliac was a paladin, and he was raised and forced to be a four horseman. But he still wields the power of the light, and the reason that he can, or the reason that's been stated that he can, is because his will and his faith was so resilient, even in undeath, that the light would still, like his conviction was so strong that the light would still obey him. It tortures him to use it, in theory. Because there was that whole uh, Ask a Sea Dev thing where they were talking about Forsaken and the Light and all of that. And they said that Forsaken that are using light magic are incredibly disciplined because using the light actually hurts. Like it burns and cauterizes at the same time. So when you're using the light, it's this really excruciatingly painful thing. Um, So Forsaken priests that follow the light, they're they're really like kind of torturing themselves, but they're doing it for the light or whatever, they have to have a tremendous amount of conviction to do it. That's I'm... an interesting thing because Fail doesn't necessarily show that. No, he doesn't. But that doesn't mean he isn't going through it. He just might not say anything. And that takes, again, a tremendous amount of discipline to be able to like to have that kind of power, to wield that kind of power and do that even in the face of whatever agony it might put you through. And that... I think, you know, the point you made before is that pretty accurate. Well, and, and the thing is, is like, Kalia, Kalia's been infused with the light, like, right off the bat. 
the Naru shot her with a jolt of it and, and brought her back from death, essentially. So she's like a different animal altogether. She's not even like, I don't know if we can call her a proper undead in the way that we've thought of undead up to this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would be comfortable calling her undead. I would not comfortable calling her a forsaken. Yeah, I would, agree, I would agree with Rossi on that one, yeah. Um, but then I mean, we may find out later on that the kind of undead she is is very different. Because that's the thing. We don't even know. Like, we know that undeath is not powered by the, the, the shadow or the void. And it's not, you know, up until now it hasn't been powered by the light. This is the first time I've ever heard of the light, you it's know, like, doing It's this. like the Naru just up and decided to make their own Valkyr. Well, yeah. you know what? You when know what they made it out though. of a human, you know oh, what I mean? But they had oh, an opportunity. God. They no. had an opportunity <laughs> guys, guys, <laughs> stop, 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 guys. That's you're, you're actually, kind of... <laughs> that's what they are. Yeah. That's what the Valkyr are. Yeah. The ones, at least the ones that serve Odin directly, they're light-infused beings that are dead. Yeah. They're dead things. They always have been. The spirit healers are too. Yeah. Because spirit healers are just Valkyrie who refuse to serve Hela. Hell yeah. I've been working on this um, series of Know Your Lords. I don't know if either of you have been reading them or not. Um, Last week I was talking about like the history of the light and the void and everything. And then this week um, it goes up tomorrow. But I was kind of going into that a little bit further as far as uh, the light and the void and the burning crusade and how they all interact and play with each other and where Sylvanas fits into all of this and um, kind of delving in a little bit into what we saw in the Three Sisters comic. Um, And it's caused me to take a closer look at all of this stuff. Uh, Kalia's fate in particular but also Sylvanas and her origins and, and like the Forsaken and how all of these creatures kind of interact with each other. Kalia represents something really weird and different. And the question in my mind is, and I don't know, maybe you guys have some thoughts on this. If the Naru could do that to Kalia and she was dead, could the Naru do something similar to Forsaken that wanted to step beyond the bonds of what they were? Or would that be an impossible task because they've already been risen another way? My question, though, is why didn't they do that already in Northrend? Mm, yeah. Because we, we had that huge quest, and I can't remember his name off the top of my Brian head. Brad. Yeah. So where he's not raised, he's not brought back as a, a light-fused, un, no, undead thing. No, they just thing, let, they helped him pass on. Yeah, they just helped him pass That's on. That's one of those quests that I'm that. looking at, actually. Guys, here's the thing, though. That was a doll. Yeah. We already know that Adal and Zera have very different ideas on how to go about bringing the light to people. The Naru that did this was Sara. Yeah. Who was just a void being. She a little just while ago, back. yeah, you, you actually, like, redeem her as part you of the Priest Order Hall thing. You don't know how Sarah approaches the light. That's what we're got, starting to I mean, to obviously see. she's not going to sit there and try and, like hide the whole void cycle thing up her sleeve because she was obviously a void creature before. But we don't know how she approaches the light and we don't know we don't know if what Adal said he couldn't do anything. But he took him up bodily into some place. Think about what that says. He couldn't stop the plague from killing him, but he could take him up bodily? Why? What's the difference? What is taking him up bodily? Yeah. Where is Bryden Brad right now? Now, Some place warm and safe and happy, presumably. The quest is obviously a, it's an homage to a real life person, right? And that's why they didn't just fix him. But that means something in this in the metafiction of the game. You you've got me thinking about this thing because you just you were just talking about the light and the void, yeah, and and the legion, the fell energy we know is created by the destruction, the mutual destruction of light and void energy. Like souls are destroyed to make it. Uh-huh. Death energy is neither of those things. Here's, the okay. are from death. So the people who listen to this, the people who listen to this on Patreon, are going to kind of get a preview of what I was talking, what I'm going to be talking about. And know your Lord tomorrow. Um, and the people who haven't, who are listening to it on the website, hey, it's in the Know Your Lord that I wrote last week. You should go back. Time is weird in the Lore Watch universe. Anyway, uh, one of the things that I was talking about was the fact that it always. Like, way back when, it always puzzled me that the Naru were so dead set against the Burning Crusade, like, demons and all that stuff. But they didn't really seem to care about the old gods. Like, we... The Burning Crusade was not... Like, the Burning Legion 
the Burning Legion was not the only threat to our world. There was also the old gods. But when the old gods came up, were there any Naru to help us out? No. The only thing, the only, the only time the Naru showed up in Wrath of the Lich King was to help out Brendan That was it. So it was like, well, why aren't they doing that? Well, then we found out that, oh, yeah, wait, no, it's the same cycle. They're kind of the same thing. Light and void, they exist together. They go back and forth. It's like a cycle of things. You can't have one without the other. So if you wipe out, you know, the void, or if you wipe out the light, the other one's going to, like, cease to be, in theory. Or it's going to push the cycle from one side to the other. And you see that in... um was it Warlords of Draenor? Well, it was Warlords of Draenor where you saw it very vividly, but also with Moru to a degree too, where you had this being of light that was drained and or forced into that void shift state because Cura was was pretty much shoved all the way into it by Cho'Gall in Warlords of Draenor. Like, we watched it happen right in front of us. Um, so it always, like, that part made sense to me. And then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay... So the Naru are dead set against the Burning Legion because the Burning Legion wants to wipe all life out, like wink life out of existence, destroy everything, and presumably reset the universe. But the Void doesn't really seem to be concerned about this. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, no, they wouldn't be concerned about it because an absence of everything alive isn't really going to deter the Void in any way. If anything, it's going to make it easier for it to grow and consume and all this other stuff. It's going to big it it's going to foster the void. Sargeras was dead wrong. Like he doesn't want to put an end to the universe. He like his, his little burning legion that he put together is set on wiping all life out. Right. But that doesn't do anything except get rid of the light force. It doesn't do anything to get rid of the void force. It might, it might get rid of things for the void to consume, but it doesn't matter. The void doesn't need to consume. It just needs to be right. Well, no, that's not, that's not how it works in the Warcraft cosmology, though. Void doesn't. Void isn't an absence of of light. Void is created by shadows in light. It's created by eddies. Without light, there's no void. That's the weird thing about the Warcraft cosmology. That's what. That's why I'm always having a hard time with this. Like I'm well, not and I saying feel you're like, wrong. I feel like that's just one perception of it, though, because every time we see it, like when we see it with the Naru, the Naru are working on this cyclical nature right they are creatures of light at some point they go into a void state it is a natural part of their life cycle they stay in that void state regenerating for however long door was regenerating for like a thousand years and then they're reborn in their light again and it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth right the yeah, naru I'm just thinking about the are really the ones annoying. Okay, but the Naru are the ones who keep talking about cycles and circles and how the circle must keep going and all this other stuff, right? I feel like what Sargeras was doing and the reason that the Naru were so dead set against him, it wasn't that he was trying to unmake the universe or anything. It was that the universe itself exists in that same cyclical nature as the Naru. It has a light phase and it has a void phase and it has that weird in-between thing that created the twisting nether and all that other stuff. And what Sargeras was doing with the Burning Crusade, he wasn't like resetting the universe as much as he thought he was resetting the universe. He was just pushing the universe into a void state like Cho'Gall did with Kyur. And that's why the void wasn't like directly working to oppose Sargeras or anything. They didn't care. They didn't care about the demons. They didn't care about, like, they weren't there. They were there to, like, take advantage of what was going on. But they didn't care about the fact that the Burning Legion was using void energy. They were perfectly okay with the fact that the, like, do you, do you see what I'm saying? I understand it. I just don't know that I agree with it because I don't know. Okay. Like, I, I can't quite get past that idea that the light came first and the void only exists as a as eddies in it. Like, I that needs to be addressed because they put that in Chronicle. And the thing is, yeah. is, like... I, I feel like, though, because, like, the light was there, and then it naturally started creating the void. Well, the void is there. We've seen void creatures, and we've seen void creatures come around full circle and go back to light again. Sometimes they get a boost, or sometimes, like with Dior, it just happens. They're, they're like, nearing the end of that cyclical cycle that they've got going on. Um, but the thing that... The thing that... The, the main point here, though, and let's go back to this whole Sylvanas thing... In Three Sisters, the Void is 
terrified of Sylvanas, which is kind of impossible to think about because it's these are two primal cosmic forces. Like these are the things that created everything and they're scared of Sylvanas. So why is that? And the more I thought about it, the more I was thinking, well, she's not part of that cycle. She exists outside it. She she's not life. She's not chaos she's or not death. part of a natural order yeah no she's just there she's stasis she's just there she exists that's it <laughs> they do not all, live they do not die all, they are outside the cycle all all that she is focused on at this point is making sure that her people exist they have no purpose there is no purpose beyond that she hasn't thought of one for them they're just there. So that is some interesting backtracking then to, to what happened with Kalia then because we have Kalia a Naru. Kalia was created as an undead, but she exists within the cycle. Does she? The Naru made it happen. Does she though? She exists in the cycle. I don't the know. We, that, this what I mean. we, have a, cycle. we have a Naru who was just, well, relatively recently part of the void, now is light, understands it. What if that? What if they're trying to break the cycle? I don't know. Like, Either they're trying that, to break the cycle, or they're trying to bridge the cycle. You know what I mean? Well, I don't understand the bridging part of it. Like the breaking of it makes sense. But like, okay, so so when I say that the Forsaken exist outside that circle, I mean they're like they're not part of that. They're 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 like other. They're this other thing, right? Kalia <laughs> in being resurrected by Anaru is that half step in between outside and in it. She's the bridge. So can they bring more people? What I'm wondering is, can they bring more people, more forsaken from that other? Can they slide them back over a half step? See, but that, that, that makes the assumption, though, that then they're part of their cycle then and then can either transition from light to dark or can die. And and if they can die, then that's fine. Some of them want that final death. Sure. And that, that we do, Here's goal. the thing, though. We, we do know one thing. Yeah. We do know they can die. Yeah, but the thing is, is like Sylvanas when she died, did she go anywhere? No, she went. She went to that void place that she saw. It wasn't even a void place. It was an absence of everything. It was a stasis cube. It was a black box with nothing. Yeah, but that's still death. We, we don't know. Well, you know, hold on a second. We don't know that. And I think you get what Dan's coming at. at, at getting it at wasn't here. the void. Is, what if, it was something what if, other. It was an other where she didn't have a corporeal body, but it was still the other where nothing happened. If, yeah. So it's like, what if? What if? I, I get what you're saying now. Not bridging. Not sort of bridging the cycle, but sort of bringing them back in so that when there is. If that they die, for that, when they have that final they death, have a way to go. Yeah. there's some place for them to go to. Because as it stands right now, Sylvanas, when she died, when she threw herself off the frozen throne, she went into a place of, inter- like, it was black. There was nothing there. It was just her with her thoughts. She saw Arthas, who was the Lich King, who died <laughs> and went to the same place, apparently, because this is where you go when you undie if you want to put it in that terminology and it's not so it's it's okay, not an like, afterlife it's just you, the absence of existence here's the thing though that that kind of begs a couple of questions number yeah. one sylvanas died on top of the frozen throne she threw herself off of it in fact yeah. we have since seen arthas's spirit and we've seen uh oh, i want to say no it's normal but that's not the right and there's we've seen Nerzul's spirit they continue to exist after a fashion mm. Within the and shards of Frostmourne. No, within the helm. I mean, we went into the or shards the of Frostmourne, but it it's the, the helm okay. that seems to be the place they were actually residing. Okay. It, that's, but, you but know, the, either, either way. they were referred to as echoes, though. But what does that mean? So I'm wondering if this is a concept that is like the whole absence of soul, you know, does not necessarily mean the absence of life, but like the absence of soul means that there is no entrance to that cycle, that there is no like the soul's already moved on, but the mind, the the essence of that person's mentality, uh, the total of their memories, like what what if all forsaken are nothing but echoes, right? Like what if that that's what they are? They have the thoughts, they have what they think and are that's feelings. So sad to think about. It, 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 but I mean, and hence the name forsaken. Um, just fitting in perfectly with that. Like, what if what if that's their ultimate fate is because their souls have essentially already moved on? Because when they were reanimated, right? 
when the undead were reanimated, they were mindless slaves. They didn't have to have souls in order to do. I don't do know if their things. souls have moved on though, because the well, thing is, is like they were interacting with the alliance, like the, the desolate council that went to the whole meeting, that, the gathering. Well, hold on a second, I'm, I'm getting there. That that, okay. that goes back to the echoes thing, okay. but like. Back during the time when they were just puppets of of the Lich King, when they were part of the Scourge, you didn't have to have a soul or their own body shoved back into them. In fact, I think Death Knights are the only thing that they've made any reference to souls being shoved back into bodies to bring them back to life. Well, I yeah, could be wrong, that was Gul'dan mucking around but, with things, yes. Right, but I could be wrong, but that, that's the only reference we have to any undead where the soul's been shoved back into the body. So what if the life force or the energy or well, the necromancy that are reactivating them... Wait, let's go back a minute, because Sylvanas herself, she was a corpse, and Arthas ripped her soul from her body and turned it into a banshee, and then she reclaimed her body later. Sure, unless she is just the manifestation of the, her basically her mentality given form through necromantic energy. Oh. Guys, guys, we're getting to the point where we're actually going to have to try and figure out what a soul is, and I don't <laughs> think we have this time. <laughs> but no, yeah. But my idea, my, my, the idea is that when they were released from the control of the Lich King, they still had that animating energy and then had their echoes of thought, their echoes of self. Yeah, so they, again, um, it comes back to the do. same thing, though, man. If you're going to keep saying animating energy, what are you talking about if that's not the soul? What is a soul if it isn't the thing that animates the body? So I... It, I know it's not Warcraft, but I actually just went through this with digging into like a game called Hollow Knight, which is very much about this whole light and void, literally called light and void. And the idea that the soul is nothing but essentially a battery and that once it's removed, whatever toll or thing that you've accumulated with it moves on to wherever it needs to go. And whatever's left is just the shell. So to me, it would be an interesting thing where it's like, you know, the battery's out, it's moved on, that's where the sum total of all good deeds or bad deeds went, whatever the, the case is, and then a new energy, a new battery was put inside of it, and now they're still ticking. And so it, it's an interesting idea to me. I, it may not be for everybody, but it, it's definitely something that, like, I'm curious. That's what the yeah. Naru are doing is trying to pull whatever this new being is, right? Like, she's not dead, or she was dead, but she's not alive now. She has all the memories of who she was. She doesn't have any of the fear she used to have because she's already faced her greatest fear. But what if what exists now is Kalia has an end point that she can go to as opposed to being like just perpetually empty. Here's the thing. The reason if, that I think we're kind of wrong to be ignore, to, to be saying they don't have souls. And it, it comes back to Odin and his deal yeah. with, the, uh, sh with the Shadowlands entity. That's the other thing he that I specifically, need to go back yeah, to. Yeah. They specifically says when he makes the pact and learns how to create Valkyr, the Valkyr are bringing back souls from the land of the dead. And when when the Lich King makes his own Valkyr, that's what they're doing. That's strictly it's like it's in Chronicle at this point. That's what Valkyr do. They go to the land of the dead and they bring the soul back. But, so if if we're you know the one of the problems we have is that. We're talking about stuff that's kind of half formed and half said, mm -hmm. but Chronicle is pretty specific on these two points. One, that light came first and then void came after it. And the other, that souls are being brought back from the land of the dead. And if you would... are forsaken, you've got a soul. It's in that rotting body. That's the horror show. If you were, a, if you were raised by a Valkyr, yes. But what about all of those undead that were scourged that weren't raised by a Valkyr and were raised by whatever the plague was that ran through them? Or That's the a ones question that, were, that I can't answer, but yes. we do know this much. Nerzul's power was the one that made the Valkyr that are doing this. And we already covered that Nerzul is the one who put the souls of the Death Knights back into their bodies. Um, it seems an awful lot like... I don't know. This is one of those places where, again, we're going to starting to get into debating on what a soul is, and we Lore don't have watch, enough time. Where we talk about what's a soul? No. Um, yeah, but 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 I do like the idea. Let, get, let me get this one point out. Every Forsaken was mindless and then started getting their mind back. You were the one, you made the point that they didn't need their souls, but here's the thing: it's their souls are unimportant to Nerzul. It was their minds he didn't need. He, he wanted them mindless. to be mindless so that they'd yeah, follow sure. orders, basically. Mindless was one thing, soulless is another. For all we know, the soul is the only absolutely all-important part of this deal. Because that must be bound 
into the body. I don't need it to have a mind. Obviously, but I do we need just need like some sort of tutorial on necromancy. <laughs> do they have a wiki how for that? Like, yeah, I like the idea though. I like the idea that Anne had about like maybe maybe the the Forsaken, maybe the Scourge, are sort of half formed essentially. Because Nerzul didn't truck in light energy, right? Like, that no, wasn't his thing. It wasn't and so, his thing. And so if that was where this all came from, it's like a half-finished process. It, and, well, here's here's my thought and on that's this, why, though. And that's why she needed light and dark, or, well, living and forsaken to do it. If Kalia is essentially a Valkyr quote unquote I'm air quoting here because again this is all tinfoil hat stuff guys keep in mind like for the listeners at home we're just kicking things around right now <laughs> um, but if Kalia is somehow a Valkyr for the Naru like a Naru created a Naru born Valkyr what does she raise like does she go make her own does she go find dead bodies now or, or does she go to the Forsaken and say hey I can help you out like no, what's that's... her purpose and I guess that's the big thing here is what is Kalia Manithil's purpose now and when are we going to see that pop up I still feel like there's there's, an, there's a more to this in the concept of killing everything might actually be a threat to the void yeah because it, it's not just going to void around the universe and you know it doesn't matter if it's dead or not the void might actually so. need if see the void I don't think needs... so the thing is Rossi you're saying Chronicle said that the light came first well yeah the light came first and then the void naturally came after it like there no, was no, nothing it's... to create the void the void just showed up to play Here's my thing. No, this this is, I'm not going quite where you think I'm going. I don't think. Maybe let me let me get spit this out and maybe I'm wrong. But what I'm looking at here is the void seems to be an active thing. It needs things to be. It doesn't. It isn't absence. It's void. It's like if you have you you can't have a like think of a of a bucket of water. You can't have if you if the bucket never had water in it. It's not a bucket of water. It's not devoid of water. It's not because you could put anything in the bucket. It's only got a void in it when you remove water. I, I don't know how I'm like, – there's a way to put this I'm not quite getting to. But my point is what if it is actually afraid of death because well, death means means a nothing that it can't deal with? Right. It would make sense, right? Because, I mean, then it comes back to the little Sargeras thing. And That's why. If he, had figured that, if he had figured this out, which is why he wanted to purge the universe. But the thing is, is like I don't think that – I don't think that the Void were nearly as concerned with Sargeras and the Burning Crusade as the Light was. The Light was very firmly, and the Naru we're, we're, were very firmly against the Burning Legion. Yeah, we were because it breaks very the cycle. firmly set against the Burning Legion. What's that thing that it said? You, 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 you'll remember this. In the, uh, in the Thousand Years of War audio play, we're told that the Light has one idea, one v- vision for the future that it considers to be absolutely true and the void has limitless possibilities it okay the way what do you mean in the thousand years of, oh you mean when Alaria was doing the thing yeah there's one the the light sees one path that that it holds to must be true this is the way this is the one true way the void says no everything's possible it oh that, yeah yeah they were what well you, what it's, you just it's all described. about like possibilities and stuff it's the light sees one path one possibility and then shuns all the others as lies, essentially. And the Void sees every possible path and sees them all as truth. Sylvanas, when she dies, you you said this, doesn't go anywhere. Sylvanas is an absence of possibility. Yeah, that would be the Void's ultimate enemy. If, yeah. if the kind of undeath she is trying to bring to everyone is stagnant, if it is stasis, if it's it has stasis. no, if it's got no <laughs> changes and no possibilities to it, then the void would fear it because it's 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 the void isn't nothingness the void is everythingness yeah well and like i said it, it's i mean this is what i pointed out in the know your lore tomorrow um that i was that i was talking about was that the reason that the void fears it is because the void sees all possibilities right sylvanas represents the absence of possibility she's going nowhere she's doing nothing she just exists yep she's static She's she's stasis. She represents total stasis. And what is she trying to do right now? She's trying to foster stasis. She's trying to kill people, raise the Forsaken, so that she can bolster her numbers, right? But by bolstering her numbers, what is she doing? She's just eliminating anything that makes anything that makes up either of these two cosmic forces. 
She's Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites. Right. And what Sargeras was trying to do, <laughs> Sargeras wasn't trying to do what Sylvanas is trying to do. Sargeras was on a different tact altogether. He, he had a different game plan. And they didn't object to Sargeras's game plan, but boy, do they have a problem with Sylvanas. Yeah, because he just wanted to destroy the universe, which is why they didn't fear him. And they were Death. like, yeah, that's okay. We'll be back. <laughs> that's okay. You could go ahead and do that. We'll be back. It doesn't matter. We're going to come back. It's it's like you you can go ahead and destroy things, but it's okay because the light will come back, the shadow will it'll all start all over again. Well, Sargeras what you're doing all has flaw, no point. Sargeras had a flaw. Yeah, Sargeras was flawed. Like the, his reasoning was just incorrect because he thought by like destroying everything, he could keep the void from devouring the universe or whatever. But the thing is, is like it's not. It's not going to prevent anything. It's all going to come back full circle again. You can't eliminate the cycle. Yeah, but that's because he saw he saw it as a flaw that had to be like corrected by expunging things. Right. But the void says it's not a flaw; it's a feature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just a flaw or a feature. This it's, is... it's like it's it's an essential component. <laughs> and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He thought it. Was... I mean, if you think about it, that's how the fell exists, isn't it? Because light and sh- and void came together and mutually destroyed each other. Yeah. That's how you get fell in the first. That's how plate. you got the twisting. This matter. has all happened before. Yeah, so the void doesn't well, really care one way or another what Sargeras is up to because it knows it knows that things are going to come back again because it sees every possibility and every possibility it looks at says we will be back. <laughs> we are unconcerned with you. We will be back. You could do whatever the heck you want to to the universe. It doesn't matter because we will still be here. You can't just scrub us from existence. Sorry. Go ahead and do your your cute little burning crusade thing. That's fine because you know, as you're wiping out these planets or whatever, it makes us, it makes it a lot easier for us to get get to things. You know, there there's not a lot of light light born creatures or light light worshiping creatures or whatever. You know, the more you destroy of the lights creatures, the easier it is for us to take over. That's what I mean when I say that Sargeras was kind of forcing that whole dark cycle of the universe, if you want to look at it that way. The stuff that he was wiping out was all pretty much proponents of the light. The creatures of the void, he was recruiting them into the Burning Crusade. He was recruiting them into the Burning Legion. I'm sorry. You had, like, agents, demons in the Burning Legion who, like, they were trucking around with the void. Sargeras didn't care. It was okay because they were using it to destroy the light stuff. Well, of course they were using it to destroy the light stuff. That's what they'd like to do. It's just, it's to me, Sylvanas is in this weird space. And, and that's what I'm going to look at in next week's Know You Lore, which I haven't written yet. But she's other. And she represents something that is neither light nor void. And the void doesn't like that at all. Let's Let's move on from that. Although that was kind of an interesting conversation, and I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of emails about people from people. Uh, I hope that didn't answer your question, because if you, that was the answer to your question, <laughs> I don't know how you got there, man. <laughs> well, we started off talking about Kalia. One other thing that came up from uh, several different people about Kalia, uh, a lot of people were wondering Kalia's husband, if Kalia's husband was Bolvar Fordragon. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to ruin people's fan theories here, but no, because Kalia says... Kalia says in Beyond in Before the Storm to 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 Anduin, she's talking to Anduin about what happened to her, and she says that one of the reasons that she wanted to get close to the Forsaken was to find out any information about her husband and child, like what happened to them. She didn't know what happened to them. If she's going around trying to find out information about her husband and child, eventually she'd probably ask someone, Do you know such and such a person? The first time she said you, have you maybe seen my husband? His name was Bolvar. Someone would be Bolvar? Like Bolvar Fordragon? The head of the Alliance for a while there? That guy? Died in Northrend? Big hero? And she'd know what happened to him. Because it's just, it's inconceivable. There's nobody no at one... this point that doesn't know that he, at least he died, quote unquote, right? Yeah, it, it's inconceivable that somebody would not have mentioned this. Plus, And he pretty much, he told Tyrion when he put the helm on, he told Tyrion, he said, just tell them that Bolvar Four Dragon is dead. Yeah, and then Tyrion made a big statue that instead showed the entire event. But one it's assumes a big that... talking statue worthy yeah. of the Marlins Stadium. Anyway. <laughs> it's just, it's not really feasible that she could have been married to Bolvar secretly 
when and here's the other thing a lot of people are like well who were the four dragons were they anybody yes the four dragons were a big deal they were a very powerful and respected family in stormwind they were nobility and one of them, Lady Mara Fordragon, who we don't know her current relationship to Bolvar. We don't know if she was his mom or his aunt or something. But we do know that she's so important that she's in the Paladin Order Hall. There's mm-hmm. a statue of her right there. The High Cleric she, or whatever. Yeah. She's a the High Clarist of Stormwind. She's the reason that many people survive to get up to Lordaeron. If... Someone from that family married, quite frankly, if someone from that family was interested in marrying Kalia, her father would probably not have disapproved of it. Terranus would have been like, yeah, sure, let's go ahead and do that. Even if he was working as a guard at the time, he would have been like, wait, wait, what's his last name? Wait, who's his family? The the Four Dragon line. Yeah, let's let's celebrate. Big party, let's go. (laughs) there There were certain families in Stormwind that were very important. One of them was the Lothar line. The four dragons were right up there. They're that important. This is an old, powerful family. It's not the rulers of Stormwind, but when the ruler of Stormwind isn't available, they turn and look at the four dragons and say, can you do this for a while? That would be why Bolvar was pretty much ruling in Varian's stead. Anduin was was declared king. The five-year-old kid was the king, but it was really Bolvar calling the shots with uh, Katrana Brestor, which was the bad idea, but you know... Calio had married that guy, there wouldn't have been a need to sneak around. There wouldn't have been a need to live humbly because at that point in time, they would have gone to his place in Stormwind and lived there. It, and it would have been a very nice place to live. And she wouldn't have been in Lordaeron. You see where I'm going with this? Like, there's a lot of reasons why it wouldn't work. Calia uh, and and it, it just, it is, it's... She's too important. He's too important. One of the two people involved in this has to be less important than those two families in order for it to have been secretive the way it was. Kalia's husband had to actually have a humble birth. She was was marrying way below her station. That's why she kept it a secret. Yeah. And And Bolvar really wasn't that far below her station. Oh, he's not a king, you know, but he certainly would have been an acceptable choice. Close enough to being nobility to be... Yeah. Tiffin Alarian wasn't a queen, but she was nobility. She was suitable for Varian to be his wife. It's the same basic thing. She wouldn't have been, she would have been going down a step, but that's only because there weren't any crown princes around for her to marry because Varian already had a wife. That's basically the only reason that this would be a problem. The only, the only step up from Bolvar would have been, uh, the one that died, D- uh, Dalen Proudmore's son, Tancred. Not Tancred, because Tancred doesn't exist. But Tandred, the, the one that died. Yeah, it doesn't exist, but the other one whose name I currently can't remember. Derek. Derek, Derek thank you. That would have like, been it. I know, it's, I know it was It was a more normal name than Tandred was. But... <laughs> Darian Rin or Derek Proudmore were the only two crown princes she could have conceivably married. That's it. So, yeah, no, Bolvar would basically not be, let's go hide in the countryside because if your father finds out what we've done, he'll be mad. She wouldn't have had to go to a priest and smooth talk him into it. You know, that's in the book, too, that she had to convince a priest to do it. And she had to talk him into it. He didn't want to do it. He's like, the, the king's going to be so mad. Didn't she even have to get her mom to help her? Yeah. Like, isn't that in the book? Yeah, this, none of this for Bolvar. Bolvar would have been like, Yeah, her Whoa. mom knew that Terranus wouldn't approve, but she was like, oh, no, honey, it's okay. I'll go ahead and help you out. And helped her out. So yeah, she kept all of this really on the down low. She wouldn't have needed to if it was Bolvar. There would have been absolutely no reason for it. So it was was he her husband? No. Would it have been really tragic if he was? Yeah, but he wasn't. <laughs> it's okay. I think Bolvar has more than enough tragedy in his life. Yeah. And, and death and current icy chair just, just a wee bit mm-hmm. uh let's see lucas asked lucas had several questions i liked this one though um he said am i wrong in seeing Alun, anshi and the naru as lamps in a sense that they all have light but are different sources what do you guys think i don't know go first i don't know <laughs> um i mean they do all have light yes they do all have light but like we don't we don't necessarily fully understand the source um, like we have a bunch of information of like who worshipped Anshi, who worshipped Alun, sort of where those practices came from, and we have a ton of loose ends there, right? Like they could be from like lights of different sources. They could all be hailed from the same, the same primal light. 
Um, I don't really know. It's a it's an interesting question. I think it's not not an incorrect kind of analogy because it's like lamps in terms of they all are kind of beacons of light, as it were, and they're all plugged in. They're plugged into the same thing, electricity or light, whatever that happens to be, but they're just different sources of it. You could turn on, like you can turn on different lamps in your house, right? Each lamp Mm -hmm. is a separate entity of sorts, but they all are plugged into the same thing. And in that way, I think it kind of works for me. There was a point in time there where I thought the Naru were actually, like, they were the light. They were the thing that created it. Like, they were batteries or generators, what have you. And it was mainly because the Blood Elves were kind of siphoning the light directly out of Maru. So I figured, well, okay, if they can siphon light directly out of a creature, then that creature just, that's the light. That's what the light looks like. It looks like a big faceless wind chime. <laughs> but that's not it. That's not the case. They're, they're like their own entities, their own weird alien faceless spinning entities, whatever they happen to be. Um, yeah. You can I mean, back to the fact that the the, not, the Titans, when, you, when you're doing a Mr. Pandaria, yeah. and you go up against the Shah of Pride. Right. Before you do it, you go up against, uh, I want to say Norushen, but I can't remember if they changed his name. Uh, the, no, the it's boss. Norushen, yeah. Yeah. The Titan guy? Yeah, and he's yeah. the big Mogu-looking Titan guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically, he purifies you from the, the Shah corruption, the, the void energy, with the light, with the holy light specifically. And that's obviously something the Titans are comfortable using. They don't have a problem with it. And um, then I come back to Legion where we use the uh, the the tier of a loon to awaken the uh, sentience core from Zera. And we're told that, you know, Kagar just found a book, randomly found a book in, in Nexramus that happened to say, that, not, you know, not Nexramus. No, it, it was in Nexramus. I, I refuse to know. It was Kagar's anyway. <laughs> Kel'Thuzad had ran- some weird reading habits. <laughs> just randomly found a book that said, you know, um, the, the light, you know, Elune is re- related. She's the, you know, she, she Elune created made the, the Naru. Who yeah, wrote like, that book? <laughs> yeah, who wrote that book? And more importantly, how does what does that have to do with a loon? What is it? We we know that there's a Titan connection to a loon. We don't know what it is, but we know that when you go to find um, Aonar, she's hiding on a moon called a Lunera, and it's a moon that we're told it's a moon. We don't know what it's a moon of. No one says, you know, this planet, this moon is orbiting X. We don't know where that moon is. We just know it's a moon, uh, and it's named a Lunera. I mean, so, secretly, it's the blue child. I mean, it's fine. But it could be. I don't know. But we, all we know is it's a moon. It's named after a loon. And there's Aonar. So we don't know what that means. We don't know if that means that Aonar is a loon. We don't know if it means that a loon is somehow related to the Titans. But we do know that there's all these different things that are involved with the light. Anshe is said to be the like the, the left. The, Anshe and, and Musha are the right and left eyes of the Earth Mother, which we know. We don't know what the Earth Mother is. Is the Earth Mother Aonar? Is the Earth Mother something else? Is, is the, the Earth Mother, Mother the... Azeroth? Yeah, it could very well be. The world in which soul case, in the middle of the planet. What are her right and left eyes then? Torin like, Lore is weird. Beings? Yeah, I are want they more beings? of it. But well, yeah, that's, and, and even... that's, all of that point just comes back to around the idea that the light itself. We've, we're we're told the light has an outlook, an opinion. We're we're told that it, you know, the light sees one true path. But does the light see those things? Or do we see those things when we're exposed to it? Does the does the light so bright that you can only see one thing by it? And this is one of the things that's been bugging the heck out of me. Because we don't know that the light has any... Zeliac could command the light to do things, and it did. Just because he really believed it. Is, it, is the light the providing part. this? Or when you, when you talk part? about, like, it's bright enough that you only see one possibility, all I can think of when I think of that is, like... You go into a dark maze or a tunnel or like those annoying catacombs that you had to go through to get the horse, right? You know the ones I'm talking about. Underneath the... uh, Nexramus. Yeah, the, the unicorn. No, it's The dark I'm unicorn. So... You know where you go through the tunnels and it's like there's no map. <laughs> you got to have yeah. to trace everything. Okay, so you, you, you have a torch, right? You light that torch and you can see everything in front of you and you know exactly what's there. The stuff that's not lit up, you don't know what that is. It could be anything. It could be a boat. No, it could be anything. It could be <laughs> multiple branching paths. There, there's like, there's multiple paths behind you 
different possibilities of places for you to go, but the light's only going to show you one way to get through it. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say, and the other thing that, that that comes to mind, too, as far as, like, talk about the original, going back to the, the question, um, is priests, because just different races, priests interpret the light in different ways. Um, like Torin, they don't talk about the light without talking about Anshi. Like the two are completely married in all of their, their backstory and all of their lore um, and how they command the light, essentially, right? Still, then you have. I still love ahead. that that interaction in Ask a Sea Dev where somebody said it's a Lunanaru and they said that Velen went to Taranda and like suggested, hey, these two things seem to be really close together. I can teach you how to talk to them if you want. And Taronda politely declined and said, you know, maybe you don't want to bring that up in my temple ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just going to say, like, and the night elves have a very distinct way of the, how they view, you know, interpreting the light. So, like, elf priests, you know, they they talk to a loon. They're, they're priestesses of a loon. Like, they have a very distinct version of it. But ultimately the the channeling of those energies winds up with similar results so like they could be different faces of the same coin for all we know um i was just thinking in terms of this um this has got to do with like real life stuff but it's not that i'm not trying to be heavy here it's just that because of my eyes being the way they are i'm real light sensitive so it's when, when i go for walks and it's really sunny out i can't actually see except that when i put my head down and look at the path right in front of me I look at the, you know, I'm walking and I see the sidewalk and that's it. Because if I try to look up, I will be blinded. There's too much light for me to see. And it, I find myself wondering if that's how the light and the void work here. Where it's like, you, you, in order to find a path, in order to find your way through, you, you, you only see the one path. Like the light, you know, the light you shows you one path. You see the sidewalk right in front of you yeah. where you're walking. You look, because that's where you're looking. You know, it's not that the light couldn't show you everything. It's that you can't bear to look at it all. And the void, is it really that different? Like the void doesn't talk about being a blinding thing, but it shows, you know, all paths are true because you can't see any of them. And if it tries to show you all of the distinct possibilities that are hidden within the depths you of the void. You go crazy. You go nuts. So it's pretty much the same either way. It's like we, we've been talking about the light came first and then the void came after, or is that actually true? But one of the things that comes to mind is, are they actually different no, I think they're the same thing. It's just a cycle. But and the thing is, is we always look at the void as being this bad thing. And it's because the void, the void holds everything that we fear and don't like. Darkness yeah, light, is inherently scary. The light can hold everything we like, everything we like and we should fear. Uh-huh. Like if I keep coming back to this, the, someone did a fan video of Illidan if he accepted the, the, the bargain and got Lightforged. Think about not just the fact that Zero was willing to force it on him, but the fact that it was excruciatingly painful to him. Why is it painful? Why? We, what is about the light that does this? Well, Illidan is kind of riddled with the fell energy and stuff. The fell energy point. is fell energy is just light and void coming together and clashing. Mm-hmm. Why does why does light and void clashing create fell? Why does it create chaos? Because the void is all about every possibility. And the only way to have every possibility and never know which one you're going to get is chaos. And does that mean there's that arcane magic is the other is the entire opposite of it? Is arcane magic that order that's created when you want one path and you're just looking for the way to it? There's there's more to this than we know. And there's this true enemy thing. There's more to it than just death. With the Titans, too. I mean, I don't think that. See, the thing is, is like Sargeras saw that the void was trying to corrupt this world soul and create a dark titan essentially a void titan and said oh no it's going to destroy the universe no it wasn't going to destroy the universe it was going to wipe out the titans it was something they were trying to create something that not even the titans could withstand and that wasn't to destroy the universe or anything it was just to spread the void the titans are agents of order that's what they do they find worlds they set them right they look for right, world right souls. Right by their definition. They look for world souls. Yeah, exactly. Right by the one definition that the light has given them. <laughs> because the, they the are creat- creatures yeah. and agents of the light. They work with the light. 
But we keep we keep saying that the light gave it to them. Maybe it's not the light doing anything. Maybe the light is just the light, and it's us that do this. And maybe the same with the I void. The void is just the void, but we're the ones who can't handle all the possibilities. The light is just the light. We're the ones who can't bear to see everything. My so brain we hurts. <laughs> Joe, how so are I'm... you feeling about all of this? You've been quiet. Uh, I, I got I got adult beverages. I'm good. <laughs> do you have anything to add to this? Nothing further that we haven't already talked or, or gone around, so I'm okay. I'm good on this topic. I think. Okay. All yeah, right. If you, if you don't stop us, we'll probably keep going. So you might yeah. want to stop us. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Oh, okay. There's one last email here with the question that um. Actually, we'll make that the final question because we're kind of running out of time here. We went off the rails today. Sorry, guys. I'm sure you don't care and you're delighted, but. <laughs> The last email here is from Morning Bell, who says, Greetings, Watchers. Vulgen named Sylvanas Warchief, but he only said that the lower whispered a name. Could that name have been simply Windrunner? I know it's a reach, but might there be another sister who'd be up to the job? Thanks, Morning Bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know Rossi, which, which, Rossi, would which... you like to would you like to start counting the 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 the, the, the tick boxes here? Like which <laughs> which of the two other Windrunner sisters would we put in charge of the horde? The one that hates them and wants them all to die, or Verisa, <laughs> who who doesn't hate all of them, but who hates a lot of them? Just, no, I don't. I don't think that if they if the Loa had whispered Windrunner to him, there really isn't a second. Windrunner, Leareth Windrunner. He's he's not dead. Well, he is dead, but get him brought back so he can lead. What Leareth Windrunner? Who, I don't even know who that guy is. Ask Sylvanas. Like no, man. I don't know. That's just. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm just imagining Illyria as war chief of the Horde. It really seems like a very. It's it's like this was ill conceived on our part, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we definitely shouldn't have gone with this. And then if you talk about it, the only other ones that are left alive are what Erator, technically of that line, uh, Garamar and Galadin, who those those twins are way too darn young and probably would have nothing to do with that anyway, because I'm pretty sure their mother Varesa would have something to say about that. There was an evil uh, cousin who was a mage, um, Zen- Zendrin. Yeah, so, I think he's. He's real evil. I don't think they. He's and dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, he so. tried to. Ki- yeah, he could. He tried to kidnap uh, Varese's kids and got real murdered. So yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't think of another Windrunner off the top of my head. The only thing that I can think of is that. Well, it, again, you had to wonder what Loa was he talking to? Like, who was he talking to? Definitely doesn't feel like Gonk. Because if he was talking to. Agents of the Void, maybe they said Windrunner because they were thinking about Alaria because Alaria was busy trucking around with the Void, and they thought, ah, yeah, this one, this one's going to be a player. Or, you know, he's talking to Bwam Samdi, and Bwam Samdi says, yeah, the dead one! <laughs> Get the dead one in there! I mean, that's where <laughs> my money great. is. That would be great! Honestly, yeah. that's legitimately where my money is at this point, <laughs> is that Bwam Samdi is just like, listen, I really like dead things, this is totally cool with me. So while I got your ear, homie, um, can we go make more of those? Because I, I need a boost here. I, I need I need I need, I need dead some one in charge so I that just, she makes more dead things because that's all good with me. I the Loa of death. Why, why does everybody assume the Loa were whispering her name as a yo pick this one? The Loa could have been like, not Windrunner, dude. Not Windrunner. Anyone but this one. Pick the, the Loa cow. <laughs> The lower, like up over in like you know on on the holy mountain in Zandalar Isle, going is he hearing I mean, us right? There is another option here that I don't think we've talked about too. What's that? And that's and that's Vulgen may have been so fell corrupted at this point from that wound that he wasn't actually talking to the Loa, and this is all part of sort of like that that creeping infections way of saying, yeah, get rid of her. Make her in charge. She's going to do really dumb things and going to get herself killed. So let her just go run the show for a bit. Put her put a higher target on her back. Make it a little like, easier for Sargeras. Yeah, exactly. Like I, that totally could have been a thing because if was, you look at what happened after that, it's just like mounting aggression, mounting aggression, mounting aggression. All of this distrust, you know, and then at the end of it, leading right into to battle for Azeroth, like. Sylvanas has the biggest bullseye on her that she has ever had in the entirety of Warcraft universe existing. So there's entirely possible that that that, that was part of it as well. 
I'm also thinking to myself, one of the things we, we've re- never really thought about or covered in all of this is that maybe the Thanos was just behind his throne whispering into his ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also true. <laughs> he was crouched back there. He, he, totally, he totally is capable of not being able to be seen whenever he doesn't want to, so sure. <laughs> Windrunner, yeah. I'm just picturing Wind... him, like, squished back there. Like with his little hands cupped by his face. Windrunner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is working. Now the lower are saying they can't believe it's and working. And he's really out of it. He can't even track me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to wrap us up for emails and for the show. Again, if you have any emails for the show, please be sure to send those to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Put Lore Watch in the subject line so that we know it's intended for the show. And for you guys, the listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have thousands of books to choose from, not just Warcraft ones, but there is quite the huge collection of Warcraft ones on there. Um, Warcraft audiobooks are usually pretty good. Before the Storm is no exception. It's read by the same actor, the voice actor that does the voice of Anduin in-game, so it's a familiar voice, and he does a really good job reading the book. You can actually pick that up as your free audiobook download with the 30-day trial if you want to check out the book. If you haven't yet, um, you can download that or many of Blizzard's other titles, or heck, if you don't want a Blizzard title, any of the thousands of others, by going to blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Um, final thoughts, you guys. Man, I don't I don't even know if I have a final thought to give at this point because we've been going in circles. <laughs> we've, we really went down the rabbit hole this time. Um, okay. Uh, what Loa do you think was talking to Vol'jin? If you had to pick from any of the pantheon of Loa, which one do you think was talking to Vol'jin? I Joe. legitimately think it was Bomb Somdi. I okay. really, really do. Okay. Rossi? I'm trying to find his name. Okay. Are you thinking of Hakar? <laughs> it was a car. No, 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 no. It's he. Uh, he's very important in the new expansion. Oh, okay. One of the new ones, Razan. Razan. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Okay, I, I could. See no, I'm. I'm totally. I'm. No, it's ridiculous. The reason I'm saying Razan is because he's a giant devil sword. I just want to mention him constantly. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say Grawl the shark. <laughs> yeah. no, why not? No, Vuan Sandy makes the most sense. He does because he is he is the Loa of Death. That's his deal. The only other one that's even close to this kind of thing would be Johnny, because it's the patron of scavengers, the Loa of thieves, the, go- the god of garbage, master of minions, and the keeper of secrets. That's the only other one that I could even see being interested. Like Harik isn't going to be like you know, yeah, Sylvanas. She rides my people around, so she's probably pretty cool. She's probably awesome. She likes bats. I'm a bat. <laughs> yeah, I just you know. Um, there's other ones, but I really feel like most of them are kind of too too limited in their scope. Whereas, uh, Bob Sandy seems Bob to be is... like the safe choice here. I mean, yeah. there's also I mean Quetzlun, who is essentially an undead Loa kinda. Ooh, because she's up in Zul- idea. she's up in Zuldrak, and that was the whole like she was being drained and created her own pocket dimension of eternal torment because that's a thing apparently she was capable of doing and I know that that whole thing was really weird and freaky and she's not exactly gone so that's that's a good idea too that is a good idea all right well we don't have the answers maybe we'll find them out in battle for Azeroth don't know but thanks you guys as always for listening and we will see you again in two weeks Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.